This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. The NFL Draft, guys, it is finally here. It is tonight. Oh, my God, a lot going on. We only got two more hours to get into all this. We had two elimination games in the NBA last night. We have Steph advancing and the, 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 the champion from several years ago, plus last year's last two champions, just gentlemen swept their opponents. They're advancing. We got the NBA covered for you in 10 minutes with Alan Hahn. But, guys, this feels – I mean, and key, it feels like it's a draft where anything can happen. Like, there's so – how many – first, it was middle of the season even, even when he wasn't playing. Thibodeau's going to be the first pick of the draft, Right. Then it was, no, it might be one of those tackles. Evan Neal's going to be. No, it's not even Evan Neal. It's Icky. He's going to be. No, you know what? Aiden Hutchinson. That's the first pick in the draft. And now, Key, Mel Kuyper, in his latest mock, just he, he got Trayvon Walker first to the Jags. Yeah, that's what I remember. I always tell y'all, don't pay attention to all of the noise at the start of the regular football season leading into the draft. Pay attention to the draft as we get closer because things are going to change constantly. Now the tables are turned to set now. It, it's pretty much set now. You know, Thibodeau, oh, Thibodeau's going to go one. He's a consensus. I'm like, nah, not when they get to breaking down that film. When they get to breaking down that film, that thing, people start sliding. People start going up. I remember when I was coming out in the draft back in 96, Jay, and everybody was at the start of, the bowl season, it was like, ah, oh, you know, they're gonna, it's going to be Jonathan Ogden, it's going to be Lawrence Phillips. It's like, well, no, it's not going to be any of them. We all know who it's going to be. And you, and once I played that Rose Bowl game, the rest was history. Mm. It didn't change at all from January to April. It stayed consent, consistent with who the first, second, third, fourth, fifth picks was going to be. And this year's draft, it's not like that. Yeah. It's gonna be it's gonna be some shocks and some surprises tonight. Watch you watch what I tell you. And because there's been so much shuffling about who's gonna be top ten, who's gonna be one overall, and and a guy's oh this guy could. It feels like if you're picking in the top ten, Jay, it's almost like better to pick outside the top ten because you're gonna feel as a fan like you got a steal. Oh, that dude was projected to go fourth. I got him at sixteen, right? Something crazy like that. But the Jets and the Giants are both picking twice in the top, top 10. 10 and therefore you could come away like I've seen the latest mocks like I've seen mocks where the Giants are taking uh, Charles Cross and Jermaine Johnson okay. and I'm like uh, okay I okay. guess that's fine but it's not like I'm not jumping up and down whereas someone picking at 15 could wind up with someone else like you know one of the guys I really wanted so what is the dream scenario right 888 Say ESPN, 888-729-3776. Jay, what's your best-case scenario as a Giants fan for those top two picks? So taking somebody off the board, the top offensive lineman, mm -hmm. like the top, right? And then for me, depending upon like the best in talent that comes available with the next pick, 
So if you're going for a guy like Thibodeau Key or Johnson the second, you can go with the safety like Kyle Hamilton, a CB like Derek Singletary, like uh, Stingley, excuse me, not Singletary, like the best available talent because there's a lot of holes to be filled for the New York Giants. It yeah, looks, I think right. I think for the Giants, what they need to do is, is draft for need. Yes, they don't exactly. need to draft. They don't need to draft anything just because it's there and they got a pick. They need to draft for need. Do we need a defensive end? Do we need a cornerback? We need do a lot. We need that. They need to take what they need. I wonder it, why. It, it, I was just, it, it key, and I, I. It blows my mind. And I'm going to say this because when you look on paper and you see the talent. You're like, you can't say this, but I feel like we can. Like, the Giants are in a rebuild. Yeah, like, we're in a rebuild. No, oh, yeah. They're not in a rebuild. They're in a okay, rebuild. They are Full in rebuild. a rebuild, Full man. rebuild. No. no Full rebuild. Saquon Barkley, not the answer long-term. Daniel Jones, you don't think it's the answer long-term. You're still trying to find out. You have, okay, they ain't got an offensive line right? or a quarterback. They're kind of in a rebuild, or, 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 man. Or a receiving core. Why did I just fire y'all up by saying they're not in a rebuild? <laughs> yeah, they're not they in a rebuild, right? You, you got a new coach with a new scheme in there. This potentially, what if this is the best offensive line this year in the National Football League based on the scheme that's put in by Brian Dable and his offense? Is that's interesting? Wait, stay right there, Key. Can that have you seen that happen? Leave. Have you seen that happen where a, a, an offensive line has un, has not performed well, and then based on maybe the addition of one player plus a change in scheme, they become a great offensive line? We were one in fifty. I hate to go back to dinosaur days, but we were one in fifteen. And our offensive line stunk. The next year, our offensive line was one of the best that there was. Why? How many pieces Why? did you Why add? Why, though? Why? We only added maybe maybe one piece. Mm-hmm. I think we got, like, Matt O'Dwyer, and that's really it. What happened? How would you go from worst to first? The scheme. The scheme was brought in. You go from Richie Kotite to Bill Parcells. Yeah, come on. Well, that'll, well, that'll do it. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah, that'll same, do it. Basically the same yeah. roster. Yeah. We basically had the same roster. Parcells available for the Giants? No, I don't think <laughs> yeah. he wants to do any coaching. Damn. All I'm saying is don't be so quick to poo-poo the offensive line because we saw them the last couple years messing around with Joe Judge in that offense. Think about it. They had three offensive line coaches coaching the offensive line in two years. Well, it's listen, I, I will say this. Jay, last time the Giants were great, um, I was on New York radio on the Max Kellerman show, ESPN Radio New York, saying they need to draft an offensive lineman and they need a left tackle. That, and they moved uh, David Deal from left guard to left tackle, mm-hmm. and he was fine, and they did Double great, D. and they won the Super Bowl, right? Double so D, that worked out. So maybe, maybe they can get a pass rusher or the, a corner if yep. one of the sauce is there or Stingley is there. So you dress her knee with the best available talent that's there at that position, right? So, Key, with that being said, that's the Giants. What do you think is the best-case scenario for the Jets? Well, the best-case scenario for the Jets, obviously, is to get somebody on the defensive side of the ball, which is either an edge rusher or a shutdown corner, something that they haven't had probably since Darrell Revis, um, and a big-time wide receiver. They got to get a receiver to go along with what they already have. They have Elijah Moore, who's more of a, you know, jack of all trades and a master of none. You can do a lot of different little tricky stuff with him. He's got some explosiveness to him. He made everybody wild in a handful of games last year. And then they got Corey Davis. We didn't see a whole lot of him in, in, in promising things coming over from Tennessee. They got Denzel Mims. They probably cut bait with him. 
But you go and you get you a Drake London sitting at 10. You go and get you an alpha dog wide receiver that's a big body, high point guy in the red zone. And then you put him with Zach Wilson and you grow. You build around Zach and you grow to really see what you have at the quarterback spot. See, so I, I hear you on the wide receiver aspect and I, I hear you on Drake London from USC. Uh, so similar, the similarities you guys have. But I, I still say best case scenario for Jets is they could land Debo Samuel. Like that's yeah. no, you're gonna poo poo it. Yeah, you're because about a guy that can turn a five yard slant into a sixty yard touchdown. They're not ready yet. He's oh, not. I, yeah, they're not ready yet though. They just not ready to get that and pay that type of price that it's gonna take to get a Debo Samuel for a team. By the time the team is ready, he'll be looking for a third deal and he'll be older. Or what about what about a worst case scenario? Like for the Giants, my best case for the Giants is. And I'm I, like, worst case, I'm going to get to in a second because Mel Kuyper Jr.'s latest mock to me is almost the worst case for the Giants. But best case is Evan Neal, let's say, and then if Icky's gone, and then uh, uh, a pass rusher, one of the great pass rushers who's there, or one of the best ones, and then trading back up into the first, grabbing Linderbaum at center, right? My, what about worst case, though? Because Mel Kuyper's got Charles Cross, even though Evan Neal's available, the Giants take him. Uh, okay, but we need to run blocking on the right side, right? Not just pass protection, and we don't know if he can do that. We know Evan Neal can do everything. And then he has him taking um, Jermaine Johnson, right? Like, okay, I guess, right? But he's – I mean, well, like, they, they I, got, I don't know. They got two bigs, only one guy on the defensive interior, one guy on the offensive yeah, interior. Yeah, but not the guys I would have – picked you see what I mean so well, look if you're picking four and seven a nightmare scenario still getting good well, plays. why don't you like cross for Mississippi State well I it's not that I don't like him but as I understand it he's pass protection we have a left tackle they're most probably going to move whoever they get over well, you, to the you, right side you you think he's pass protection because he went to Mississippi State and played in Mike Leach yes yes exactly so I don't know if he can't do the other thing I just yeah, don't know if he can't naturally can. yeah. you would think that everything he's doing is on his heels and not on his toes right but they worked him out. They've watched film on him, and they've seen enough to make him a first-round pick. Think about it this way, Max. Mm-hmm. If he's nothing but a pass pro guy, why is he rated in the top ten? Because no, you're he right, must Key. Be able like to do everything. When you have a front office that you feel like you're in good hands, they know better than me, right? So okay, well, it's, not, it's not. It's not. It's not knowing better than you. It's just that when a guy is projected at a certain position and a certain point in the draft, the reason right? For it. Yeah. There's a reason yeah. for it. And then we look at it and we say, well, all he does is do, all he can do is pass block. That's yeah. the well, offense like, he was in. I think it's fair to say, Q, they know the they know better than Max. So yeah, I think it's fair to say. Yeah, but Gettleman, it was unfair yeah. to say, but now it's fair to say. Hey, Evan, listen, what's the worst case scenario for yes. the Jets, Evan? Right. Yes. So worst case scenario for the Jets, hear me out, Key, it's kind of a theory I have. It is not getting a wide receiver or a cornerback in the top ten. So, like, if, like, I've seen, like, there's a scenario where Aiden Hutchinson falls to four. And I think, like, there are some sports books where the favorite to go to the Jets is Aiden Hutchinson. If he's available at four, the value there to get an edge rusher who could have gone number one overall is fine. I would take Aiden Hutchinson. But with 10, you either have to get a cornerback or a wide receiver. But if Sauce Gardner is there at four and they take him, I'm okay if they go. D end or offensive tackle at 10. My point is the Jets have to get either a wide receiver or a cornerback, not necessarily both, with one of their first top 10 picks because in that division with Tariq Hill, with Stephon Diggs, 
with if Jamison Williams goes to the Patriots, they need either a shutdown corner that can shut those guys down, or they need a wide receiver who can score points with the rest of the division. Where are you with that, Key? I think that I think that's good. I think I think the way Evan laid it out uh, is perfect. If you get if, if either at four, they're either going to take Sauce or Hutchinson, depending on Hutchinson's there or Sauce is there. Mm-hmm. One of the two. Let's assume they, they, that sauce is there. That's great. Now you can move down to 10, and if you decide that you want a wide receiver, you can do that. Or if you want one of these defensive ends that may fall in your lap, you, you do that too because Hutchinson may be gone at the top of the draft at two to the Detroit Lions, and then you say, well, I'm going to take Sauce Gardner at four. Now I can do what I want to do at 10, and still get it. And if I take a defensive lineman, the defensive ends are not far off. It's not like Aiden Hutchinson is, you know, uh, a 10 and everybody else is a 2. They're all like What about this. Sauce and Stingley, Key? The, the problem with, okay, there's a couple problems with, the, with the, the DBs. Stingley we haven't seen enough of right, because he had a great freshman year but hadn't played many games. So we don't know what that is. Sauce. If you break down his tape and you really look at him, he's a nice shutdown corner, but what receivers are, has he really gone up against? So that plays a plays a role in your decision-making too. You know, can he stay locked on man-to-man and cover the likes of Tyreek Hill, the Jamison Williams? Uh, What's your gut tell you? What's your suspicion? I, I think he can. Again, it goes back to the scheme. I like him. He's long. He's fluid. He's got good good. Great kick, which means his back pedal and kicking, driving out of uh, driving out of his breaks to the point of attack is is what you want in a corner. He's not afraid to mix it up, and he has a little sauce to his game. And I think people would play that in New York if he's any good. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max presented by Progressive Insurance. Let's get back to the NBA, guys. Offensively, this is about as tough a team as there is to defend. And so... They're so close to what they were pre-Kevin Durant when the Golden State Warriors were doing their thing. You go against the Golden State Warriors, and that ball is moving. You got all four of those guys moving the ball, popping the ball, shooting the ball, everybody playing a team version of basketball. That becomes exponentially harder to guard. Getting through a series and winning four games against a good team, like, it's, it's, it's hard. Oh, it's back to the NBA, and look who we have with us, Alan Hahn co-host of Bart and Han on ESPN Radio Noon Eastern. Alan, what's going on? I love the music you brought me in with. I'm in the mood now. Let's go. Let's go. Let's get it. You better get in the mood in June. I know that much. Yeah, Yeah, you saw, saw, by the way, like you saw me the other day. I was away. I was at a hotel. I went right to the – I'm in the fitness. I didn't miss a day. No days okay. off right now, Keith. I hope fitness, you're ready to run. I you hope you to, got your track shoes you on. Say you went to the fitness facility. Did you go shoot baskets, though? Well, uh, that's you know I <laughs> that's have been getting they... shots up, but I don't have to. I'm not concerned with that as much as I'm concerned with making sure that my cardio is elite. <laughs> guys, guys, I can control that. I can't control my shot. I can control my cardio. Guys, I just a- want a- you guys, to be Alan ready, Han. That's all. 
Alan Hahn didn't get to be the most improved player in the fourth grade, right? <laughs> By accident. He knows what he's doing in preparing and getting better. Am I right? And my her? dad was the coach. There was that, too. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the perfect storm. So, yeah, we've been arguing about it this morning and talking about it, having Alan. I think, I think there's a lot um, having a conversation mm-hmm. uh, about – Steph and what's on the line, like what he has to gain by winning a title. I've argued uh, one way and not always uh, the other guys haven't always agreed with me. Well, okay. I, what does I, Steph have to gain? Does he have anything to gain by winning another title? And Alan, what I said is I think if he wins another title, mm-hmm. I think the dude can crack top 10 of all time. And I think it's important for him to be the best player on a championship team, no excuses type thing, which I don't think he's done yet. I think and I don't think it for- even matters. Oh, I mean, look, he's a Hall of Famer. Let's start there. That's done already, right? You could argue he's the best shooter in the history of the game. I don't think there's a big argument against that as well. His impact in changing the way the game is played in this generation is also, I think, very much on his shoulders and the way that he has turned the three-point shot into a weapon and the, the deep threes and everything else. I mean, the game has changed because of him. But winning another championship which gives, gives him four. That's elite company. I, I still say that, that that is also something to discuss but I don't know if he's ever going to be in that. See, I think that for all these guys, it's always about can I get to GOAT status? That's MJ. That's LeBron. You know, if you want to put Kareem in there, you can put Kareem in there as well. But th- this is a, it's limited to three, if not four, if you want to go Bill Russell. I right. don't think unless he wins six, you can move him into that conversation. But, Alan, is it just no, a matter of number of titles? Don't you have to be clearly the best player on the court when you win the championship? He's never yeah. done that. Will you stop well, I, that? I mean, come yeah, on now. Stop like, that? Come on. All the things well, I just listed. Well, if you're talking about listed? GOAT status, wait a minute. Alan's said GOAT but status. Wait, but wait, nobody's ever talked about Steph, and I hear Alan's point, but nobody's talked about Steph being the GOAT. Okay. I, no, I, nobody has, is, but that's the only thing left. That's all that's left for him, right? Is, is, he, top is, 10 he, all time? is he top 10 all time right now for you, Alan? Huh? When we made the li- we did the list a while back, and I, I, had to ca- I had to get him in the top 10. I had to. Yeah, he's right on the outside. Like, he would crack my top 10. That's why I said. That's why I've always said it ain't. Nothing's well, no going to change. The top I, mm. I understand that Max wants to hang on to this finals MVP deal for whatever reason when a guy gave you that, that when he didn't win the MVP and Iguodala won it, what did he give you, 27 points? Right. I mean, like, what more do you want from him? Well, I mean, I would li- the reason they had to give it to Iggy, Alan, let's just be honest about it, right, is because LeBron was so much better than anyone on the floor, they couldn't. They had to give it to the guy who guarded him. Right? Okay. They, he took him six games with Della Vadova as his second best player. Uh, mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. And then, then they collapsed the next year. Then KD came, same team. He was the best player, clearly on the Warriors. So he got finals MVP. That's something that Steph legit hasn't done. I can't put him in my top ten all time when he hasn't done that. It's a pretty big thing, don't you think? Well, well it's, it's a finals. I mean, you're, you're looking at his one series versus the body of work. And, and the, I'm going back to listing what I just listed a minute ago. Hopefully you heard it. But you, when you are a player whose game changed the way the game is played, Yes. Whether it's, again, whether it's George, was it George Mike and they had to, they, they yep. opened up the key, right? There's yep. certain things, there's certain players that made you, we changed the rules or the style changed, how we play the game changed. He did that. Like that has to have, when you have that kind of impact on the sport, when you are the greatest three-point shooter in the history of the sport, like when you do things like that, I'm sorry, that's impactful beyond, well, he didn't win a finals MVP. Like honestly, like, like finals championships, those are team that's, that's team success. But what he's done as far as his impact on the game, I don't think it's, it's disputable. Now, whether you argue you, – we do this all the time. Top 10, not top 10. Is he 11th? We, we can fight that battle. 
but I don't think you can take away from him his impact on the game already. And I don't think it changes with one more title. I only say if he gets to six or even five, then yeah. maybe you can like create a bigger conversation. But he's never going to crack the top four all-time or top three all-time and definitely not top two all-time. I'm with you on that, Alan. That makes the most sense, too. So it, it leads us to a, a big conversation right now around the NBA playoffs. Who has the most to gain by winning a championship? I love this question, yes. Jay. So good. I, I love this question because you could – you could go through, like, you could say Joel Embiid. But that's not realistic because that's not a championship team. So I'm going to say, and you could say Luka Doncic, but that's not realistic because it's not a championship team. So I'm saying Jason Tatum because that's realistic. They could win a title. And if he does, this whole seat at the table thing, that's nice after one series against KD on a broken Brooklyn team. If you Jay. do it, If you do it all the way to the finals – you now have a seat at that table. That's how Agreed. I feel. Yeah, but 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 the most in, in all of these dudes, is just only one dude, and that's CP3. Yeah, what about Chris Paul? That's it. It's one guy because not only is father time ticking away, mm-hmm. he's had opportunities, whether it was the Clippers, Houston, last year playing Milwaukee, and now if he doesn't get it this time around, guess what? Mm-hmm. Golden State. Yeah, Tatum going to have time. Clippers, uh, uh, Memphis, Utah, Denver. I mean, it's just the West is going to be so crazy when everybody get healthy and everything. He's got to do it. He's got to do it. It can't be one of those deals where it's, oh, he was really great. Man, he just didn't win it. He's been put in a position now a couple times to get one. Just one. Mm-hmm. He doesn't need many. Just one. Yep. That I agree with, Key. And it was the other name I had on on my list when I saw this question. It was both of those guys. I went Tatum just because I felt like where he is right now in the seat at the table conversation. But Chris Paul, for sure. And I worry because of the Booker injury. I think he's going to play game six. I believe he's going to play. And that's good to see. But if he's got to play through a hamstring injury, how much does it hamper this team and affect him? Because Chris Paul is a terrific player who brings everybody. He's a glue guy. But he can't lead at this point in his career a team to a championship. He needs Booker. Alan, we will talk to you in in an hour about uh, Doc Rivers' comments on his playoff record. Keep getting that conditioning in, Alan. Get that conditioning in. I'm getting on the Peloton right now. (laughs) Who's your instructor? (laughs) Who's your instructor today? Who are you going with? Today I went with Ben Aldis, who's uh, from the UK. Okay. Went a little fallout boy today. I went a little rock today. I'm I'm angry. Okay, I like it. Who's going to coach the team is the question. That's the question because Alan, under certain circumstances, can win MIP. Coming up, <laughs> baseball's new problem. It's always something. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Support for this podcast and the following message comes from Wise, the account that helps you manage your money all around the world. Dining in dollars, doing business and bought, wherever life takes you, the Wise account helps you send, spend, and receive in different currencies fast. Wise is the easy way to connect all of your finances internationally. Buying that dream property in Portugal? Done. Freelancing in France? No problem. Sending money back to mom? Simple. All without hidden fees or exchange rate markups. Minimum fees, maximum ease, full speed. Join 16 million customers and learn how the Wise account could work for you by downloading the app or visiting wise.com slash unsportsmanlike. It's demon time on Prize Picks, where you can now win up to 100 times your money. That's right, 100, 100 times, times your money. money. 
With as little as four correct picks, you can turn $10 into $1,000. Demons and Goblins are the newest and most exciting way to play at prize picks. Squares marked with red demons or green goblins get you different payouts. And as always, prize picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. They even offer injury insurance so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types are what make prize picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Go to prizepicks.com slash morning and use code morning for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash morning, code morning, for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. So you heard Pete Alonzo got into it, right? That's the Mets' first baseman. Has the all-time record as a rookie. Broke Aaron Judge's 52 home runs as a rookie. Hit 53. That was three years ago. But Pete Alonso, the Mets' first baseman at the postgame presser on the Nolan Arenado, who is the gold glove, you know, excellent, probably best player on the Cardinals, third baseman. This is what Pete Alonso had to say about him getting buzzed. I, I mean, getting domed up isn't isn't fun. It's obviously not safe. It's it's dangerous, and there's consequences whether it's on purpose or not. And we're going to stand up for ourselves. And I'm totally for standing up. Uh, I'm not just for standing up for myself. I'm I'm totally for standing up for teammates. They don't know like my temper. They don't know what I could do. I mean, if I wanted to put someone in the hospital, I easily could. But I was just out there trying to protect my guys. So, guys. The Mets, and I'm, I don't like defending the Mets. I'm a Yankees fan. I hate the Mets, right? That's how it works. It's like key with the Lakers and the Clippers, right? Um, but the Mets have been thrown at a lot this season. Key, they've been thrown at a lot. And the dangerous pitch to a guy when you're, when you're, when you're throwing at him, if you're a pitcher, is behind the head, right? Because then he, the reaction is to lean back and out of the way, and you're actually leaning into it. You can get hit in the head. But that's not what happened here. What happened here is the Mets selected the Cardinals' best player in Arenado, right? He's their third baseman, real, real good. Um, and Arenado made his bones with the Rockies, but he's on the Cardinals now. And that's what you do. You single out their best player and you send a message. He buzzed him. He didn't hit him. He didn't throw behind his head or anything. And it turned into a big thing. And I, I get what Pete Alonso is saying. Like, you know, we got to stand up for ourselves but you know the unwritten rules of baseball it's kind of weird right like no one did anything wrong yet somehow everyone's fighting what do you make of it i think it's it i think it's hogwash i think it's a bunch of nothing i don't like it um because if you're throwing at me to get me off the plate because you want to you want to high and tight me to my chin yeah yes the back of the head is true but i can also get hit in my face okay I could also get hit in parts of my body and break bones. So I don't like it, the unwritten rule. People think that it's cool out there to look up and see guys in a brawl after somebody brushes them off the plate or hit them an eye for an eye. I don't like it. I I don't like it one bit. I've never liked it. I don't know why people condone it or think that it's cool on these teams in baseball. But if I was one of those players, you certainly going to have problems with me because what if you injure me and something catastrophic happens to me, and I lose my career. Yeah, I didn't look like – did you think he was trying to hit him, though, or just trying to buzz him and send a message? Probably the latter. Yeah, I would say the latter. Yeah. You know what's interesting for me, like going to a couple of baseball games, and when I, when I see things like this happen 
it's almost like the, the crowd, they might be booing, but it's part of the entertainment associated with the sport. Is that fair to say a little bit, Max? Yeah, people like a, every now and then they like a bench-clearing brawl. It's true. So it led me to a deeper thought on this this morning. Why is it in predominantly white sports when there are fighting, when there's fighting going on? Why is it celebrated? You know, I, I, I don't understand. Like hockey, baseball, when these things happen, why does it not turn into a way bigger type story? Because when I saw Isaiah Stewart try to fight LeBron James, it turned into a lot of people questioning the character of Isaiah Stewart. This is something. It was like big time. Or I'll give you another example. In football with Miles Garrett, with Mason Rudolph, it turns out, oh, Miles Garrett, really bad person. Like, it, it just became so much bigger. Yeah, Mason Rudolph reached for the helmet, and then Miles Garrett's like, okay, that's what we're doing. Took off his helmet, now Miles Garrett's the bad guy. Yeah. It just became so much. And, and granted, the sports, respectively, seem like they catch way more notoriety and attention from the media, but it feels like those carry a different type of meeting with how you have to, def- especially me, for like, well, now it's like I have to defend the character of who these people are. But when these things happen in baseball and hockey, it's like, oh, it's, that's just what the sport is. You know, this is interesting to me, guys, Key J. It's like when people, when I think sometimes when white people hear about white privilege, they misunderstand what it means. Like, it, the, diff- the, the thing, well, I don't want to, you know, I, 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 it's being treated like a regular person, like a human being, right? And, and I don't want to give that up. I just insist that everyone is treated that way. But the same assumptions are not made about black people a lot of times. So let me tell you what I mean. Predominantly white sport, people understand, right? Fighting sometimes happens. You're standing up for your teammates. Oh, it's okay. But in a predominantly black sport, I think the feeling is that you constantly have to elevate your standard or people will make bad assumptions about you. Yes. They're thugs, well, right? I, I don't see. I think it's more about the sport than it is the color. And what I mean by that is if there was a black dude in hockey that got into a fight, they would celebrate that. I'm sure that black dudes have gotten into fights in hockey because there's a handful of us that play hockey. I think they celebrate that, right? I think in basketball, if a white dude got into a scrap, which, you know, Probably not the best situation. What's the one dude that be getting in Grayson Allen getting into trouble all the time? I think they would condemn that if it's not because the context the, uh, of the sport, Key, it's considered predominantly a black sport. It's hockey is considered predominantly, which it is, a white sport, right? So yeah, that's in what that I said. Context, it's more about the sport than it is. The individual's color and race is what, the way I look but, at but it. It's, but the reason a black hockey player or a white basketball player might be judged the same way all other hockey players and basketball players are is because the sport itself yes, is considered white or black. That's what I said, Max. Yeah, yeah. You, you said the same thing I'm saying. But it, right, it's, so it is racial, though, in that case, right? I think, it, I think it's more about... I think it's just a sport. Like, blacks, we don't really play hockey. We don't grow up like that. Hockey rinks aren't in our neighborhoods. It's an expensive sport to play. Um, let's, take it to, let's take it to the NBA, the, the dress code in the NBA. What was the dress code really about? Exactly. Getting white America, middle America, for lack of a better word, right? That's how they're used interchangeably, the way urban means a lot of time black, right? When people use it, it's a, it's a, it's a colloquialism. Um, it's about getting them to see the NBA as, oh, this isn't the quote-unquote thug league or the, the, 
what we really know what that means, right? These these guys are okay. Look, they're wearing suits. I mean, they're I think okay. there's definitely that, but that's part of no, what a, a predominantly black league is just, up against. Is what a lot the, of black the, people the, are up against having yes. to always constantly yeah, but prove. Don't make the worst assumption about me. No, that that, that well, that's true. Yeah. That, that is true. There's no question about it. And, and I chuckle because. But I, Max, you say they're they're okay. They're safe. These, but, 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 these but, ones are okay, I'm saying it's right? Like, even when when Isaiah Stewart had that issue, that situation with LeBron James, there are a lot of people that were on national TV saying that as a black man, there's a responsibility, like for us not to set that type of standard, right? And so it feels like there's an extra added on weight when something like that happens in these predominantly black sports, whereas in predominantly white sports, that weight just feels like ah. Uh, Okay, yeah, it happened. We'll he, move on. You don't start from a deficit in it's terms of people's like, it, assumptions. It just clocked right. in my yeah. brain, like watching it and hearing people talk about it. It didn't carry the same type of energy. It's fascinating to me. That's all. Meantime, the Mets stood up for themselves. The defending champs <laughs> <laughs> are on to the second round and now face a huge test. That's next on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 80. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Tunsil made an NFT with his mask bong photo from draft night. Now, I just said a bunch of words in the English language, Key. And I know uh, NFT has been explained to me ten times. Do you know what an NFT is, Keith? Like, could you explain it to a, to a kindergartner? I could not explain. I thought it was like a picture or something. Yeah, digitized or a virtual I, I something. Yes, yeah, that's pretty something. much a non fungible token. Wasted, is, yes, a, a wasted money or something. I, that's, that's all that. I know. <laughs> a lot of new billionaires out there with your wasted money. Keith. Are they virtual? Or are they so, real? Like when you say billionaires, do they have an NFT house or is it an actual? No, house? no, it's actual okay. picture that's kept on the blockchain. All right. right, so it, it's uh, it's that picture of that moment for him that people are then going to bid on essentially, and it drives up the market price of what the picture is, like a digital baseball card. Can't you tell yeah. Jay is exactly. really into this? <laughs> yeah, all day. I mean, I, yeah. Jay is like, yes, explain some more to me. Well, because it, so, it, it's like, key when you have when you have a, a, a family photo, right, that captured a moment in your life. Let's mm-hmm. say there was a, a photo captured by. You know, Kobe Bryant making a game-winning shot. Like, that's a moment. Like, baseball cards. You go, oh, I'll pay whatever amount of money for that baseball card. Essentially, it's the same thing. It's that image captured in a technology, a blockchain, that is then traded in the secondary market for years, right? And the value of it with that moment just keep going up and up and up and up and up. why would I want to buy... Larry because Tonsil it's an asset. NFT. It's an asset of a guy. Because it's a memorable moment. It's it, a memorable moment, and the bigger he gets, the bigger that asset gets. It's like it's like memorabilia key. Yes. Why would I want to buy like? It's almost like buying like Tom a signed Keyshawn Johnson jersey or the last touchdown thrown by go. Tom Brady until he retired. It's that. It's memorabilia. It's just digitized. It's, it's just, just virtual. Yes, and you can't virtual. touch it. It's virtual. By the way, I, 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 but it doesn't I mean it's a less to, asset. I want to be able to see it. Touch it, put it on my wall, but, feel the the the, the but, Wagner card. But Key, uh, when you have your, when your money's in the bank, you can't see it or touch it. That's virtual. That's currency. You know, Key, key you can just pull, you no, have to pull it see, out. I, you can I pull can it out. It. 
Don't you can pull it out, but it's still virtual now. Convince me, because I see it and I can touch it. You know, you have to take it out of the bank to touch it, though. Look, you remember the Larry David Super Bowl commercial? Every day, key. Key, you remember the Larry David Super Bowl commercial where every time there was an invention, the wheel, the fork, he would always poo-poo it, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. That's you and me right now. <laughs> like, you guys are old guys. If you put Key and me back who, in the day, the wheel. Who needs a cell phone? Why would I want to carry around this cell the phone? The wheel? We can, well, I got two wheels right here. I got your legs no, right man, here. I, I don't need a wheel. No virtual houses and stuff, man. I don't, uh, uh, nope. Not doing it. Watch. I wonder how much no, I, I don't I wonder get how much that asset goes for. I, I wonder how much NFTs. he's getting for that pick, Ev. But it feels like that value could evaporate you in buy, a second. Jay, you going to buy a virtual house? What? Or a real house? Virtual property? No, I'm buying real, I'm buying real houses. But you I do want a couple virtual out properties. In Arizona. You do. Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Max, the podcast. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors... You're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. And we have here on Keyshawn, J. Willemax, ESPN Radio Sirius XM Channel 80, ESPN basketball analyst extraordinaire, Monica McNutt, ladies and gentlemen. What's up, Monica? What up, Cosma? Ain't he? Is ain't he there? Ain't he? Monica. Monica. I don't think Auntie Yeah, am I right here? Oh, there you go. There you go. Oh, you know. Keys into Auntie again, just like that. I always call her Auntie. That's why, that's why I couldn't talk to y'all, because yeah. Key don't know how to act. Good morning. Good morning. What up, cuz? So, uh, Monica, the Bucks defend so far. They're making their title defense. They just knock off the Bulls in five. What do you take away from that series? Um, for me, Max, I think it's still the Bucks bench. Like, they're the defending champs, and I think sometimes we forget that. Um, the Middleton injury caused, you know, people to do a little bit of a double take, a little bit of concern. But I think Grayson Allen and Pat Connaughton have done a really good job Stepping up in that stead, and so I'm so excited for this Bucks Celtics series. Monica, what, what is, you know, when you see the way that the Boston Celtics have won games, right? And we we talked about on our show with you a couple of times, Jason Tatum taking a seat at the table of the greats, right? Looking at the Kevin Durant's, the Giannis's, and like the best of the best, the LeBron James. Do you feel like they have a legit shot with Jason Tatum to, at, when it's all said and done? to be at that table with the greats? Yes, without question, Jay. And I think um, what makes, I think, where Jason is unique, and maybe it's similar to where Giannis was last year because people still were out on whether or not, you know, you would consider Middleton and Holiday a big three of the caliber Mm -hmm. of other big threes that have been constructed around the league. And then we got our answer. I think when you look at the Celtics roster, like, it's still wild to me that, and I'll admit, I was at the camp that was like, God, this isn't working. Do you break them up? And Ime just remained steady the entire time. He's like, any organization would love to have two guys of their caliber. We need to figure it out. And they figured it out. And so I don't know that, I mean, Jalen 
and and Marcus maybe make up their big three. But the point to me is that around Jason, there's such tremendous buy-in, there's such tremendous depth and on both sides of the court in terms of what they do and how they've been able to hang their hat on defense in the calendar year 2022. And they just seem to me to be rolling with so much confidence. Like, I cannot wait for this series. Monica McNutt, ESPN basketball analyst, is joining me, Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max this morning as I'm sitting in Las Vegas getting ready for the NFL draft, which was ESPN 7 Eastern time. Um, Monica, what are you looking forward to most in this matchup between the Bucks and the Celtics? How the Celtics are going to game plan for Giannis, right? Like, Giannis is a guy that easily commands the same sort of attention that KD does, but we're talking about two very different players mm-hmm. in terms of their points of attack and their bodies, right? If you're bumping Giannis all the way through, one, does that actually end up taking a toll on you? Because that dude is a machine and a monster. And two, does this become a much more physical series on both sides of the ball? And then, like, as much as the Celtics give them their props for sweeping the Nets, it literally was the most perfect storm for them, right? The Nets were one of the highest ISO teams. ISO sort of, I won't say it's easy to defend, but in that series, like, it played in ex- into exactly how the Nets wanted to defend it schematically and with their personnel. The Bucks don't deal with as much ISO, and you have to find Giannis, who has been particularly um, bothersome when, in his matchups versus the Celtics when it comes to transition. So the Nets or the Celtics, or excuse me, the Bucks play it like I think during the regular season they were the third highest team in terms of pace, and the Celtics were ranked around 24th. Mm-hmm. So, like, the pace is going to be a thing. Like, I just cannot wait for all the X's and O's in this one. You know, Monica, you, when you watch the Bulls series versus the Bucks, the Bulls took a record-setting, uh, franchise record-setting in the playoff history uh, for them in charges taken on Giannis. I think he had like 13 or 14 right, in right. that series, right? So when I think about Al Horford or I think about Robert Williams' the size and length, like that's going to be something that's going to be interesting to watch because Giannis dominates the paint, but will the Celtics allow him to get to the paint to be dominant? Right, and then so then in addition to that, Jay, like Giannis is, his assist numbers are up, right? Like the game, you can see for him where the game is starting to slow down a little bit, and the Bucks compared to the Nets are a far more complete team, right? So if he's not taking these charges and making the right passes, what do those rotations look like? There's obviously going to be a guy that gets loose. Like, how do the Bucks capitalize on those opportunities? Like, I just cannot wait. This is going to be amazing. I'm with you, Monica. So with that being said, all right, that, we're talking about the Eastern Conference. So the Eastern Conference is blank to lose. Who's to lose is the Eastern Conference? I still feel like it's my. I'm going with it being Miami's to lose. Um, going into this, yes, going not the defending this, champs. I, I, I'm starting to hold be on, with you on this one, Monica. Let me, let me get it right. Let me get you. Let me get you all together. Going into this, I definitely had the defending champs top board. Right, I did not know that we were going to get this version of the Celtics and the injury to Chris Middleton. As much as, you know, you maybe lose your Robin, I actually think that that is more problematic on the defensive end as well. Mm -hmm. So if Jason Tatum does take that leap, right, let me get my – I'm bringing my folding chair to this table, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Like, Drew Holiday is going to have his hands full. And, like, you're going to need somebody with similar size, right? Like, don't get me wrong. I think Grayson Allen has a flagrant-type play in Game 3 with Marcus Smart, and it becomes a thing in this series. But, like, he doesn't have the size that Chris Middleton would have presented, right? And so that injury and the way that the Celtics look, I think the pendulum is swinging a little bit because I feel like Miami has a one-up on whoever comes out of this. Good analysis. Hard to argue with that logic. Mm. 
So yeah. Mike, and I'm, I'm sitting there watching, let's go to the Western Conference. I'm watching the Golden State Warriors, and I know that Steph had 30 last night, and he put Denver to sleep. And we'll see what happens in the Minnesota-Memphis uh, series. But are, are you a believer that – because I know you said that Golden State's run is over now. So are, are you still on board with that comment you had a couple weeks ago, or are you starting okay. to believe in Golden so State? I'm just- I'm going to just let y'all inside the veil a little okay, bit. That okay. particular day on first take, producer <laughs> Ryan Staloff got in my ear and he just pushed me over the edge. Um, I did not have the Warriors winning a championship. The window being closed was, you know, a first take type take. Um, I did think that the West was going to the Phoenix Suns if they were healthy, but this Devin Booker injury is mm-hmm. a big deal. Like, we'll see what he looks like when he gets back on the floor. Now, to your point, Jay, I do think that something strange could happen in the Memphis Golden State series. Yes. I do not mm-hmm. think that the play-in game was a one-off. Yes. I think when you go down that roster, Memphis has the size and the speed to contend. Now, it takes a another level, we'll call it, of basketball mm-hmm. IQ and focus that I do believe Memphis has. I think Taylor Jenkins is an incredible coach. But I think the the mental stamina it takes to guard the Golden State Warriors is probably the part that might be most concerning because physically, I think that they're up to the challenge. But, Monica, they don't have the experience that Golden State has, though. Right, State and that goes to the mental stamina, they, I hear you. Yeah, they could do this in their sleep. I don't, but see, here's the thing. Like, we've seen the Warriors be peppered with injuries throughout the course of the regular season. And while Steph has definitely, you can see where his body has changed, like, Y'all, them dudes been in the league just as long as KD and them too, right? And so we have this macro conversation about the changing of the guard. I just think Memphis is as Memphis has the physical abilities. They have the great a great coach. Golden State is going to have to guard them as well. Um, I think we're in for a great series if we get the two of those. And that's not a knock, but like these young folks, they coming, man. Like they coming. Monica spitting hot fire. Monica McNutt. Got to call her Nisi, not not Auntie. What's yeah, the matter with you? No, see, Auntie, Auntie, no matter what she says, Max, you yeah. can never argue with Auntie. You can't <laughs> that's say well, I, that's a good wrong. point, Monica. That's true. That is true. Niece, the draft is here, that, Key. Sister, you can tell them to be quiet. You can never tell <laughs> that's Auntie next. to be quiet. ESPN Radio Sirius <laughs> XM Channel 80. G-Sean, J-Will, and Max, the podcast. We're just weeks into this year, and the news is already nonstop. Two overseas wars, a presidential election already testing the democratic process, a former president in court. It can feel exhausting, borderline impossible to keep up with, but we can help. I'm Brad Milkey, the host of Start Here, the daily podcast from ABC News. Every morning, my team and I get you caught up on the day's news in a quick, straightforward way that's easy to understand with just enough context so you can listen, get it, and go on with your day. So kickstart your morning. Start smart with Start Here and ABC News because staying informed shouldn't feel like a chore. 